Welcome to A Star Witness. Hello everyone, this is Kayla bringing another episode and today I have with me my mother Renee. Welcome Renee. Thank you, be here. Thank you for coming. You're welcome. Well, before we get into today's discussion, let's have a word of prayer so that the Lord will be with us. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for all that you have done for us, for the health and the natural remedies and for giving us everything that we need to get our health improved and to make sure that we are on the right path. Lord, help us to continue to ever learn more of what you would have us to do to have a healthy body and mind. And we thank you and praise you for hearing and answering our prayer. And we ask all these things in your precious, holy, wonderful son's name. Amen. Amen. All right. So today we're going to be talking about an interesting topic. We are going to be discussing about fasting, which is very interesting. And it comes up several times in the Bible for different reasons. A good example of it is Queen Esther, when she had to fast for three days and three nights before she went into the king to present her case to him. And she did that so that her connection with God would be there and she would have a clear mind and nothing to distract her and so that she could concentrate. And that way the Lord was with her and she knew for sure that she did all in her power to have that connection that she needed in order to go before the king. And that's just one example of fasting in the Bible. Another one is Matthew 6, 16, where it says, Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men that they fast. So anyway, what should we not do when we fast? Well, Desire of Ages tells us Jesus had shown in what righteousness consists. Now he turned to practical duties. In almsgiving and prayer, in fasting, he said, Let nothing be done to attract attention or win praise to self. In fasting, go not with the head bowed down and heart filled with thoughts of self. That's page 312, paragraph 1. So we're not to look for praise or attention, and we're not to bow our heads like we're suffering or thinking of ourselves. What things should we fast for? Well, that we can fast for a lot of things, but sickness, when we have a big, huge decision to make in our lives, things like that. Well, Councils on Diet and Foods tells us for certain things, fasting and prayer are recommended and appropriate. So, yeah, there's many things that we can fast for, and we're going to list quite a few of them now. The first one that comes to mind is for demon possession. And we're told in Desire of Ages again that on page 427, 429, and 431, a father had brought to them a son to be delivered from a dumb spirit that tormented him. Authority over unclean spirits to cast them out had been conferred on the disciples when Jesus sent out the twelve to preach to Galilee. As they went forth strong in faith, the evil spirits had obeyed their word. Now, in the name of Christ, they commanded the torturing spirit to leave his victim. But the demon only mocked them by a fresh display of his power. The nine disciples were yet pondering upon the bitter fact of their own failure. And when Jesus was once more alone with them, they questioned, Why could we not cast him out? Jesus answered them, This kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. 
In order to succeed in such a conflict, they must come to the work in a different spirit. Their faith must be strengthened by fervent prayer and fasting. That is a good reason to fast, in order to get rid of evil spirits in somebody. I mean, that is something you don't want to mess around with. And you need to just also make sure that you are sin-free, like you have confessed everything in your life, because otherwise the demon's just going to mock you, you know? Right. Like he, the demon mocked them. (laughs) He was having fun with it (laughs) and so the lord's like hey you need to fast and pray to get rid of this demon and another reason to fast and pray is for cleansing of the heart and of having a clear mind in cd 187.6 it says for certain things fasting and prayer are recommended and appropriate in the hand of god they are a means of cleansing the heart and promoting a receptive frame of mind yes and also we fast when someone's in prison for the truth's sake Acts of the Apostles on page 144 says, When Peter also was in prison, the entire church engaged in fasting and prayer. That's amazing. People don't do that nowadays for their fellow man. That's so encouraging that they all came together for the single purpose of fasting and prayer. Just like they all came together for Esther's sake and all fasted and prayed for her before she went to see the king. Yes. And we can also fast when meeting an opponent of error. So somebody who comes against us with false teachings. First Testimony 624.2 says, I was shown that the advocates of truth should not seek discussions. And whenever it is necessary for the advancement of the cause of truth and the glory of God that an opponent be met, how carefully and with what humility should they go into the conflict with heart-searching confession of sin and earnest prayer and often fasting for a time they should entreat that God would especially help them and give his saving precious truth a glorious victory that error might appear in its true deformity and its advocates be completely discomfited amen another reason to fast is to better understand truth we're told in Council on Diet and Foods page 187 when the time shall come in the province of God for the world to be tested upon the truth for that time minds will be exercised by his spirit to search the scriptures even with fasting and with prayer until link after link is searched out and united in a perfect chain also for a sick or a dying child patriarchs and prophets 722.3 says when his child was stricken david with fasting and deep humiliation pleaded for its life yes i remember that and then when it was all over he He, wouldn't eat or anything and then he got up and ate and they were saying oh well what are you eating now you wouldn't eat before basically and he was like well child's dead now i did what i could when he was alive right right so another reason to uh fast is for those coming out of spiritualism first testimonies 343 paragraph 2 says some poor souls who have been fascinated with the eloquent words of the teachers of spiritualism and have yielded to its influence afterward find out its deadly character and would renounce and flee from it but cannot satan holds them by his power and is not willing to let them go free they should entreat those who have had a religious experience and who have faith in the promises of god to plead with the mighty deliverer in their behalf it will be a close conflict satan will reinforce his evil angels who have controlled these persons but if the saints of god with deep humility fast and pray their prayers will prevail Jesus will commission holy angels to resist Satan. Wow. Wow. (laughs) What a promise. 
That is amazing. Yes. Another thing is during times of persecution. And those days are coming faster than oh, yes. we even realize today. Prophets and Kings 600.3 and 601.1 says this. A certain day was appointed on which the Jews were to be destroyed. This is also Esther. There was a great mourning among the Jews and fasting. The decree of the Medes and Persians could not be revoked. All the Israelites were doomed to destruction. But the plots of the enemy were defeated by a power that reigned among the children of men. Yes. This is amazing that, you know, with prayer and with, you know, getting away and not having any distractions, you can focus on things of these nature and just have that connection with God, not meditating on yourself or all of this other baloney that the world will tell you, but meditating on what is really important and that is the connection with the Lord. That's right. Another thing to fast for is for wisdom. We're told in Councils and Diet and Foods, page 188, let brethren unite in fasting and prayer for the wisdom that God has promised to supply liberally. Amen. And Solomon had the greatest wisdom, and the fact that he fell away is because he forgot to pray and go to the Lord for help. He, he got caught up in the world. Yeah, so even when we are given wisdom, we must still continue to be humble about it. And we need to pray and fast for the ordination of a minister or a missionary. Acts of the Apostles 160.2 says, Before being sent forth as missionaries to the heathen world, these apostles were solemnly dedicated to God by fasting and prayer and the laying on of hands. Thus they were authorized by the church not only to teach the truth, but to perform the rite of baptism and to organize churches being invested with full ecclesiastical authority. So if you feel like the Lord is calling you to ministry, this is a good thing to do. Fast and pray to make sure that your calling is sure. Right. Another thing to fast and pray for is when you feel like the comforter is not with you. Desire of Ages, page 277, paragraph 4 says, Yet days of temptation and trial would come. When they failed to discern the comforter, then it would be more fitting for them to fast. And I just want to add that the comforter is the Holy Spirit. Yes. So when you feel the Holy Spirit is not with you, that's a good time to spend some time fasting. Amen. And we need to do it for the sins of oppression among our churches. 4 BC 1150.1 says, There are sins of this same character among us today, and they bring the rebuke of God upon his church. Wherever such sins are found, seasons of fasting and prayer are indeed necessary, but they must be accompanied with sincere repentance and decided reference formation. Without such contrition of soul, these seasons only increase the guilt of the wrongdoer. The Lord has specified the fast he has chosen, the one he will accept. It is that which bears fruit to his glory in repentance, in devotion, in true piety. So in other words, if you're just fasting for the sake of fasting because it looks right and looks good, it's not going to accomplish anything for your soul. You also need to accompany that with true, sincere repentance and decided reformation so you can't go back to how you were before you right. have to change exactly okay the next one is to fast to overcome your appetite and flesh food we're told in councils on diet and food page 400 paragraph 3 if our appetite clamor for the flesh of dead animals it is a necessity to fast and pray for the lord to give his grace to deny fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Fasting is very beneficial in changing from a diet of flesh meat and rich foods to eat the, a simple diet, a plant-based diet, 
and not all these rich foods that we're counseled not to eat. And that goes along with overeating. Councils on Diet and Foods, page 189 says, that intemperate eating is often the cause of sickness. And what nature most needs is to be relieved of the undue burden that has been placed upon her. In many cases of sickness, the very best remedy is for the patient to fast for a meal or two, that the overworked organs of digestion may have an opportunity to rest. A fruit diet for a few days has often brought great relief to brain workers. Many times a short period of entire abstinence from food followed by a simple moderate eating has led to recovery through nature's own recuperative effort. An abstemious diet for a month or two would convince many sufferers that the path of self-denial is the path to health. So fasting doesn't always mean just giving up all food altogether. No. You can eat simple foods, you can eat vegetables and bread, or you can just have fruit and and bread, or you can just have fruit, or you could just have vegetables, not all at the same meal, like one meal fruit, the next meal vegetables, of course, because we're not to mix them, but it doesn't have to be no food. That's really interesting. Yes, it is, but just, you know, keep in mind when you eat, to eat things simple, you know, like I said, you don't want to have desserts, and you don't want to have a bunch of fattening foods, you just want to eat, like I said, bread and vegetables, or fruit and bread. Or rice, and, or other grains like couscous, or quinoa, or things like that. Yeah, you can have plain brown rice with some veggies, you know, just keep it simple, so that it gives your digestive system a chance to kind of rest. I mean, it's still going to be digesting, but fruit's very easy to digest. It gives your system a break from all this heavy, because digestion is one of the hardest things the body has to do. And so when we fast, it's very, very good to give the body a break because the body needs that because it works hard every day, all the time, you know, with eating. Yeah, it literally takes five hours to get rid of the food. So all of that time, it's working. Well, it actually only takes four and a half. The other half hour is to rest because once the body's done working, it needs a little break. You know, how would you like to work all day and then walk in the door and I say, oh, hey, get, get out in the garden, shovel snow or go to the dishes, do this, do that, and work, 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 work until bedtime. And if you guys want to know more about that, listen to the podcast about snacking between meals. We have one on the site for that. So for further information, go listen to that because we talk all about that there. Right. Also, another reason to fast is for in cases of fever and as a treatment for disease. CD 190.3 and CD 189.4 say this. In cases of severe fever abstinence from food for a short time will lessen the fever and make the use of water more effectual there are some who would be benefited more by abstinence from food for a day or two every week than by any amount of treatment or medical advice to fast one day a week would be incalculable benefit to them this is very fascinating very interesting and so it brings great reward to our body mentally and physically to do these things yes it does i try to fast one day a week with just eating fruit or simple foods it's not easy all the time but it's very rewarding i do appreciate the benefit of it especially the next morning the worst part for me is bedtime you know you start feeling like you're hungry but then you just have to pray and and we're also counseled to drink cold water if you get hungry drink 
some cold water. Even though we're not supposed to drink ice cold water, it's better to do that than to eat before bed or break your fast and eat between meals. So that's something that can help you. Okay, so you know how we were talking about how you don't have to abstain from food 100%? Well, there's actually a quote in CD 188.4. It says, Now and onward till the close of time, the people of God should be more earnest, more wide awake, not trusting in their own wisdom, but in the wisdom of their leader. They should set aside days for fasting and prayer. Entire abstinence from food may not be required, but they should eat sparingly of the most simple food. Right. Now, there's been some strange things that's been brought in among us regarding fasting. One of the things we're told in Councils on Health, page 370, that there's strange things have been done in the medical missionary work. And it's true that there are unbalanced minds that impose upon themselves fasting, which the scriptures do not teach, and prayers and privation of rest and sleep, which God has never required. That's in First Testimonies 556. Many people do that too. They deprive themselves of sleep and do all these weird things that, that, that that's not required what we're supposed to be doing. So now we're going to talk about some of these strange fastings, okay? One of the first things that comes to mind is people will go on a 90-day juice fast or a smoothie fast. And we're counseled that your stomach was not receiving that vigor that it should from your food. Taken in a liquid state, which is this juice fasting and smoothies, your food would not give healthful vigor or tone to the system. But when you change this habit and eat more solids and less liquids, your stomach will feel disturbed. Notwithstanding this, you should not yield the point. You should educate your stomach to bear a more solid diet. That's Councils on Diet and Foods, page 105. So, so much liquid taken in the stomach was not helpful, and that all who subsisted on such a diet placed a great tax upon the kidneys, and so much watery substance debilitated the stomach. Councils on Diet Foods, page 105. And one more quote regarding this is the Ministry of Healing, page 301, paragraph 4. It says, soft or liquid foods are less wholesome than dry foods, which require thorough mastication. So we need to be eating foods that we're chewing, not swallowing everything as a liquid. That is not good for our kidneys. It's not healthful. It's not good for our stomach. It's just not good for anything at all. So when you fast, don't do a juice fast and don't do a smoothie fast. That one is a very popular opinion that people think is really helpful and it probably deserves a podcast all on its own to talk about because there's a lot to go into it. Yeah, we will have to do that. And another thing is the 21-day raw fast. And so many people are into this raw movement. Yeah. So Education 204.3 says, In the study of hygiene, students should be taught the nutrient value of different foods. The effect of a concentrated and stimulating diet, also of foods deficient in the elements of nutrition, should be made plain. Tea and coffee, fine flour, bread, pickles, coarse vegetables, candies, condiments, and pastries fail of supplying proper nutriment. Many a student has broken down as the result of using such foods. So when she's talking about coarse vegetables here, this is the raw food we're talking about. And coarse vegetables include basically all vegetables except for like lettuce. All types of lettuces, spinach, and 
onions can be eaten raw. All other vegetables are coarse vegetables. Coarse means crunchy, hard, and you, they need to be cooked in order to get the proper nourishment from them, the proper enzymes. And we'll have to do a whole podcast on that one too because there's a lot of information out there regarding it. And even medical science backs it up, telling us not to eat these vegetables raw, that they're not good for you. Also, no raw oats. So grains used for like porridge or mush should have several hours of cooking. And that's in the Ministry of Healing 301.4. Right. And I want to add to that. And many people get confused on this. And that's grains that turn to mush. So things like oats, cornmeal, cream of wheat, polenta, corn grits, stuff like that. Things that you cook and when you cook them, they're mushy. So what you need to do when it says several hours of cooking, that doesn't mean you want to cook it in the pot for several hours because it would be nasty and gross. So what you do in order to kill the phytic acid, that's the reason for doing it. I put the grain in the oven on a, on a cookie sheet or in a pan and I cook it in the oven, bake it at low temperature like 170, 180 for three hours because it says several hours. Then when you're done, you let it cool off take it out of the pan and put it back in the container or whatever you're going to store it in and then use it like you normally would and that is how you do it now oats should never be eaten raw ever 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 for any reason whatsoever because of the phytic acid and that those can cause lesions and bleeding in your brain so we need to be cooking our grains and we need to be cooking them properly many people have problems some people don't you know they don't realize it but they still don't have problems but it's still doing damage to the body whether you realize it or not so make sure you cook your grains now the next thing is what about just a fruit fast for several days we're told in councils and diet and food page 189 a fruit diet for a few days has often brought great relief to a brain worker so that's okay that's just a few days that means like three days few is three so three days you could do a fruit fast only and that's perfectly fine sometimes if people are on a fruit fast and they get weak you can drink juice if the juice has no fiber in it you may drink that between your meals if you're feeling weak or you might need that little extra sugar boost that's okay to do that too now the next thing is what about just a fruit only diet Kayla you want to tell us about that well Ministry of Healing 299.1 and 2 says this in order to maintain health a sufficient supply of good nourishing food is needed that which is most conducive to health can be secured in almost every land the various preparations of rice wheat corn and oats also beans peas and lentils these with native or imported fruits and the variety of vegetables that grow in each locality given an opportunity to select a dietary that is complete without the use of flesh meats we are mortal and must supply ourselves with food that will give proper sustenance to the body this is cd 92.3 also in education 204.3 it says grains fruits nuts and vegetables in proper combination contain all the elements of nutrition and when properly prepared they constitute the diet that best promotes both physical and mental strength. So in the Garden of Eden, we had the fruits, nuts, and grains diet. And then sin happened. And then we had vegetables added to our diet to get those nutrients that we need. So people who are fruititarians need to stop that because they're not getting a good consistent diet of the things that they need. Like dark greens provide so much benefits oh, wow. for our body. Yes. 
We need those every day. We need the magnesium. Many people are magnesium deficient, and that's a whole other podcast, too. Anyway, what about the 40-day fast? We're told in Councils on Diet Foods, page 189, you are not called upon to fast 40 days. The Lord bore that fast for you in the wilderness of temptation. There would be no virtue in such a fast, but there is virtue in the blood of Christ. Amen. So many people go on these 40-day fasts, and they don't need to do that. Christ did it for us. That's not healthy. That's not good for us to be doing something like that. Only two people did the 40-day fast in the Bible, and that was Moses and Jesus. But God sustained Moses when he did it. So well, and, he, was, and he called him up there, so that's a whole different story. Yeah, exactly my point. Right. We don't have to do that anymore. Right. What about eating only once a day? What about that? Some people do that, and they say that's a fast. Well, we're told in Councils on Diet and Foods, page 191, I have been informed that you have taken but one meal a day for a period of time. You will surely decrease in strength and your mind become unbalanced unless you change your course of abstemious diet. So one meal a day is not good. We need two to three meals every single day and two is better than three we're told which is probably another podcast. (laughs) I think we already did that one. I'm not sure. Anyway, what about a no food fast for many days? Well, this is kind of goes along with the 40 day fast, but ministry of healing 235.2 says many times a short period of entire abstinence from food followed by simple, moderate eating has led to recovery through nature's own recuperative effort. Fast for a meal or two. Oh, So just a meal or two, not days and days. Exactly. And you're supposed to follow it by something simple and moderate, not go back to the elaborate rich foods that you're used to. Right. You don't fast and then the next day eat ice cream and cake and fried this and fried that. Exactly. It's a great big huge meal. It won't do your body any good. Right. Also, CD 189.4 says there are some who would be benefited more by abstinence from food for a day or two every week than by any amounts of treatment or medical advice to fast one day a week would be an incalculable benefit to them that's amazing yeah it is also better than any medical advice or treatment that's that's like wow also they don't have to do it for a long period of time either right one day a week that's not bad or or a meal or two that's that's reasonable god is not unreasonable he doesn't ask us to do things that are beyond us you know this is very simple very easy for a person to give up food for a day or two or a meal or two that's reasonable exactly and it doesn't do harm to your body that way if you just go without food and go without food pretty soon you're gonna become anorexic right and you know right now we're living in the anti-typical day of atonement and so the question is what type of fasting is to be done now during this time well once a year on the great day of atonement the priest entered the most holy place for the cleansing of the sanctuary every man was required to afflict his soul while this work of atonement was going forward And that's what we need to be doing now. All business was to be laid aside and the whole congregation of Israel were to spend the day in solemn humiliation before God with prayer, fasting, and deep searching of the heart. This is in Great Controversy, page 419. So if we're living in the anatypical day of atonement, what is the fast that we're required to have today? Well, 
It is the true fasting which should be recommended to all, abstinence from every stimulating kind of food and the proper use of wholesome, simple food, which God has provided in abundance. Councils on Diet and Foods, page 90, paragraph 1. So we need a more simple diet and we need to do some deep heart searching when we are doing that type of fasting. Well, it's not just giving up food and water. We also have to do a deep heart search. Right. And we should be doing that anyway because we're living in the antitypical day of atonement and we need to be searching our souls and seeing what you know God requires of us and what he wants us to change or add or whatever. Okay, it says abstinence from stimulating kinds of food. Give us a, a few examples of what stimulating food is. Well, one thing would be a food with hot spices in it. That's stimulating. That's not good. Desserts, cakes, Desert, sweets. Desserts, sugar, yeah, sugar can stimulate. So, yeah, you need, I mean, it's okay to have a healthy treat once in a while, but this is not food that you want to be eating all the time every day. We're told Sister White had lemon pie, and she had a treat sometimes on the Sabbath, and that's okay. But some people eat it every day, day after day after day. Dessert in the morning, dessert for lunch, dessert for supper, dessert, dessert, dessert. That's not healthy. Even if it's a healthy dessert, you don't want to be eating it every day. Exactly. Another stimulating food is MSG and excitotoxins, which, you know, if you really want to learn about that, go on YouTube and type in excitotoxins, the taste that kills by Dr. Russell Blaylock. Yes. And that is a very fascinating subject about what those types of foods are that we should not be eating. And it's in a lot more than you realize. I have a blog on that too on my blog site. And we might be doing a podcast about excitotoxins too. Yeah, we should. That's another good one. <laughs> it is a really good one. <laughs> so anyway, now let's talk about benefits of fasting according to medical science. Okay. Okay. The first thing is fasting helps brain disease. Fasting improves Alzheimer's. It enhances mental acuity. It improves the function of the heart. It reduces depression, tension, and anxiety, and it promotes detoxification and gives the digestive system a rest. Also, it helps reduce inflammation. It reduces blood pressure. It helps to clear up the skin. It restores taste, lessens the desire for addictions, and it promotes rapid weight loss, which we have a document that kind of goes into more details about all of those things. So if you're interested in that, you can contact us and receive that and also it's on my blog as well i have a blog called fasting benefits and it covers all of, most of the things we talked about and goes into detail well 10 out of the 13 that we talked about that is definitely something you should go look up what are the names of the blogs well the one is called renee's ravishing recipes and health facts and the other one is called health facts natural remedies and recipes and i post every day i post one health blog on each of those and i post them on facebook and then they're also on my health ministry page on facebook called restoration remedies and recipes the easiest way probably to get the links to those if you're curious is through facebook uh, you can contact me or on my ministry page here or on youtube and uh, i can provide the links if you're interested also you can email my mom or me you can go to a starwitness at gmail.com and email me or you can go to renee.busher at gmail.com and email her and once you go to the to the first link you can sign up that you can be notified by email every time i post a blog so then you don't have to wonder all right so 
the true fast. Desire of Ages 278.2 says, The true fast is no mere formal service. The scripture describes the fast that God has chosen. And please read Isaiah 58 on your own time for this. Yes, and the fast which God can accept is described. It is to deal thy bread to the hungry and to bring the poor which are cast out to thy house. Wait not for them to come to you. The labor rests not on them to hunt you up and entreat you of a home for themselves. You are to search for them and bring them to your house. You are to draw out your soul after them, we're told in WM 29.4 to 30.2. It's a special work now before us. All are praying and absent from food will avail nothing unless we resolutely lay hold of this work. Sacred obligations are resting upon us and our duty is plainly stated. Again, that's WM 30.1. Yes, we need to be more like Christ. And one of those right ways is to fast and to pray. Not every single day, obviously. We need to pray every single day, but not fast every single day. And 2T 146.1 slash 147.1 says this. A people are here addressed who make high profession, who are in the habit of praying, and who do delight in religious exercises, yet there is a lack. While professing godliness, they do not bear fruit to the glory of God. Their works are not what they should be. They are living in neglect of positive duties. Unless these are performed, God cannot answer their prayers according to his glory. Wow. That is serious, and yes. we need to think about those words and put it into practice and change our lives accordingly so that God does hear and answer our prayers because yes. there's nothing scarier living in a world where God doesn't hear our prayers. That's right. And one more thing I want to say before we close is fasting does slow aging and helps a person to live longer. Cutting calories by 50% for just five days a month will slash the risk of cancer, heart disease, and diabetes. And there's also a documentary about fasting on YouTube. If anyone's interested in the link, we can supply that as well. That is very amazing. And that alone should be encouraging for us to fast. But the true good reason to fast above all the health benefits is also to get closer with God. So keep that in mind when you're fasting. Always accompany it with prayer. Yes. So with all of this being said, I want to say thank you for coming on and sharing with us about all of this information. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. And Remember what it says in Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So now that you know all of this stuff, go out and share it with the world. So with this being said, let your light so shine so that you are a star witness for the Lord.